Welcome to Zurich's Risk Insight Series, Coronavirus, What Businesses Need to Know Now. This installment is about the paradigm shift for construction following COVID-19 and how contractors can incorporate new procedures to help reduce health risk while getting the work done safely, on time, and on budget. I'm John Tate, Vice President of Construction Risk Engineering at Zurich North America. Before I joined Zurich over 20 years ago, I spent 10 years in the industry working for two large heavy industrial general contractors in corporate and project management. Even for construction veterans, what has transpired with the COVID-19 pandemic has defied experience. However, contractors deal with unforeseen circumstances all the time. That no doubt will serve the industry well as it tackles this latest challenge. As more contractors and workers return to work, they face new safety requirements from local and state governments. Costs may increase and schedules may stretch to compensate for additional steps that must be taken each day before hammer meets nail. Simply doing what's compulsory shouldn't be the focus. You're managing risk to your people and your own business. Primary is worker safety. Secondary consideration is to reduce the contractor's exposure to unnecessary liability. And certainly not to be forgotten is delivering a quality project. So you'll want to develop and refine a comprehensive COVID-19 exposure control plan, which may include appointing a COVID-19 officer at every job site, even if it's not mandatory. You'll also want to integrate COVID protocols into a virtual or online training program for workers. And you may need to adapt your style. Workers may have some anxiety returning to work, which can compound stresses that were already there. It's more important than ever to communicate your commitment to worker safety and well-being, and often. You'll need a high level of detail in COVID-related operating procedures. Take, for example, temperature screening at job site gates. How will you take temperature so as not to avoid breaching the six-foot social distance? Will workers be trained to take temperatures using no-contact thermometers? Or will a third-party medical service or portable testing centers be brought in? What temperature threshold will send a worker away? What documentation, if any, will be kept of workers' test results? And how will confidentiality be preserved? Do workers need to arrive earlier than in the past, and does that have ramifications for overtime? Lots of decisions, and that's just for temperature screening. The protocols for face coverings require similarly detailed decision-making. Are face coverings required at all times, or only when it's possible to keep six feet of social distance? Are cloth face coverings sufficient? or NIOSH approved respirators mandated in certain circumstances. Note that these new protocols may lead to new risks, such as fogging of eye protection and creation of blind spots. Consider applying any fog solution to the lenses or use helmets with face shields if appropriate. This planning may seem daunting, but establishing protocols and communications materials now will make it much less onerous to enforce going forward. Your post-shutdown risk register or hazard analysis shouldn't be limited to just the health issues. Check to ensure financing, permits, and possibly insurance policies have not expired. Are developers and subcontractors operating insolvent? You may want to pre-qualify subcontractors again to review financial status and consider joint checks where concern warrants to ensure lower tier subs and suppliers are being paid. Do you have all the supplies you need to keep the sequence of work on target? Some supply chain delays resulting from the shutdown have not yet resolved. Have you stayed in contact with crews and can you expect a full contingent to be willing to return? Is your cash flow sufficient to make payroll or have you made other arrangements? 
are some of your personnel such as project managers, project engineers, and other office staff continuing to do their work remotely? Keep in mind that you could have fewer people on sites to help manage the work and require great attention to communication. That takes us to technology. If you're using video or other virtual means for training and orientation of workers, you'll need to test your technology and distribute clear instructions to spare your workers frustration in using it. Consider the use of technology such as wearables that allow contract tracing, which could help ensure that workers are complying with social distancing guidelines. Wearables for construction are being modified so that, for example, a worker could receive an alert when less than six feet from another worker. Some systems allow you to identify what workers may have come in contact with an infected worker should someone later test positive. There are also opportunities to increase your use of off-site and on-site prefabrication, in part to thin out the people on the site at a time, possibly to contribute to efficiency. Some practices are not a huge leap from what's been done before. Before coronavirus, contractors sequenced trade workers in part to avoid work overhead, crew conflicts, and to support the appropriate flow of work. These same practices can be utilized to foster social distancing. Similarly, on many sites, workers from different trades were assigned to housekeeping for safety reasons at regular intervals. That practice can be adapted to assist in site sanitation. In addition to making sure materials are arranged properly to help prevent slips, trips, falls, and other hazards, composite crews can also ensure high-touch surfaces are disinfected and hand-washing facilities are restocked. And there are some silver linings. Limiting the use of elevators to materials and one-way traffic flow for personnel, both designed to minimize contact, may actually lead to increased productivity and become a best practice worth keeping along with many other new procedures. In terms of the longer term business outlook, we may see construction increasing in sectors that weren't previously planned, such as healthcare, infrastructure, warehousing, which was already going strong, and manufacturing. There's also the possibility you'll see growth in modular offsite construction. And because coronavirus resulted in supply chain issues associated with offshore providers, we may see a move toward making more of that material in the United States. There are some predictions that we'll see regional population shifts in response to the hardships endured during the pandemic. This may result in increased residential construction in the areas of growth, which will be followed by additional commercial and infrastructure development. While some projects will be under pressure to accelerate to get back on schedule, COVID-related protocols may force a slowing down of the process which could potentially enhance site safety and quality of work. Vigilance is always as key, and not just about coronavirus. As we head into summer, we need to remain attentive to typical construction-related injuries and issues such as heat-related illness, for example. Caring for people will help us take care of business now and during the months of recovery ahead. Thank you for joining me in this segment of Zurich's Risk Insight series. Coronavirus, what businesses need to know now. This is John Tate, stay well.